Welcome back to The Red Carpet, the podcast where we look at how well or how terribly our favorite books have been adapted to the big screen. I'm Mad. And I'm Cass. And we're so excited you've tuned in today. So we have a very special guest today on the pod. You've maybe seen her on Bookstagram. I've posted about her a few times. But it's our dear, dear friend, McCarley. Hi, guys. How's it going? So great. It's going. I'm so so glad you're here. Welcome. So, so McCarley, tell, tell the people. Who are who are you? Who is she? What do we what do we need to know about you? That's the question, isn't it? It is. Um, I am a high school English. Well, my name is McCarley Thomas. I guess I should start there. <laughs> also known as McCarley Jane Reads on Instagram. I am a high school English teacher, and I'm really excited about today because we're reading one of my Yay. favorite books. But we'll get there. Um, I played college softball with Madison. Um, and I'm currently halfway through my master's of English literature. So I'm just like Whoa. reading and talking about books all the time. And she's going to write <laughs> a book and I'm going to read it. I, Ooh. yeah, I would like to write a book one day. That's the plan. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll read it. Yes. I know, right? I just <laughs> like, I want everyone to write a book. But the thought of me writing a book is like so terrifying. Yeah. See, it's intimidating. Yeah. I this is so funny that this came up because I got the best idea you for did. a contemporary romance book the other night because me and Tim are watching MasterChef again. We're re-watching it. A competition <laughs> show. We know who wins every <laughs> season. And we're re-watching it. And I was like inspired by how Joe Bastianich it can be so harsh on these people. And I was like, man. This has such ripe potential for an mm-hmm. enemies to lovers romance yep. novel. And I was like, I yes. need to create this. I wish I was a better writer because I would do it. But See, I, I don't even know if I should put this out there because I don't copyright. I don't want anyone to steal my idea. All right, people. Like, this mm. is a TM trademarked discussion. Right here. <laughs> Trademark. But what about a teacher? It's the the title is something about like the forever prom date. And it's about this teacher who has to find her prom date for the rest of her life. Oh, I like it. It's <laughs> That's so cute. Very wholesome. I well, love and it. I it's love like, it. and it's like the enemy teacher and they're like partnered up to mm-hmm. organize prom. It's the English teacher Ooh. and the math teacher. Yes. <gasps> Scandal. Yes. <laughs> And then, and then they're each like, oh yeah, I have a date. And they're like fake dating, fake people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And then the kids are the ones that find them <gasps> out and they're like, that's not a real person. Ooh. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then the kids <laughs> set them up. I love it this, is. guys. Wait, we could co-author it. <laughs> co-author. Together. We're the new Christina Lauren. <laughs> We're the new Christina Lauren. <laughs> We're the Castle Elizabeth Thomas. That's right. Oh, that is a strong name. It's not bad. It's not bad. Just wow. saying. Just saying. It is a strong name. On the subject of books <laughs> and reading and things like that, this is a, a book to screen podcast. So what is your or what are your favorite adaptations? So some of my favorite adaptations, the one I immediately thought of is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm-hmm. I adore adore that movie I think it's so well done and it is a unique book because it's a series of letters and so they got to take Mm -hmm. a lot of creative liberties with it which is fun 
obviously Harry Potter, but specifically Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, it's my favorite. I- I'm I'm so with you on that one. That's okay, the best okay. one. <laughs> um, shout out to the Gregory Peck version of To Kill a Mockingbird. Is there uh, any the other version? No, that's that is the only, the only one. version, right? You can't mention it, not mention him. You know, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then they've recent, recently done a Hulu adaptation of my favorite novel, Looking for Alaska. We'll talk about my obsession with John Green here in a second. <laughs> um, and the Hulu adaptation is really good. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I, um, I read the book a bajillion Ooh. times. I was obsessed yeah. with the book, but I haven't seen it yet. It's really good. It'll rip your heart out, but man, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> Okay, so what about your favorite movies, just in general? So I really love The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which is a great movie. Yes, and it's very underrated. So that one I highly suggest you go watch. Yes, I I I haven't seen it. (laughs) The scenery is just Mm -hmm. stunning. So I love to travel, and there's so many scenes in it that remind me of different places that I've been. I think that's why I like Mm, it. Yeah. (laughs) And then I also really, really love The Breakfast Club and The Wizard of Oz. Nice. And I have posters for those in my classroom. Love it. Okay, so you mentioned one of your favorite books, which was Looking for Alaska. Yeah. Uh, what are some other ones? So let's stick with John Green for a second. He released about a year ago um, a series of nonfiction essays called The Anthropocene Reviewed, where he Snaps. reviews like random things in the world, like scratch and sniff stickers on a five-star scale. And it's the most hopeful thing I've ever read in my entire life. So good. I haven't read it yet. Oh, oh it's amazing. It's on my Libby holds. It's it's okay, on good. my yeah. Libby holds. Are you gonna listen yes. to it? Yes. Yes. And he reads it. the audiobook, it's which so is good. Ooh. So yeah, I have it on hold. <laughs> those two John Greens, um, and then obviously the Harry Potter series, and then the Great Gatsby. <laughs> I wonder if that's relevant to today. Oh, let's see. (laughs) All right. And then last question. What is your favorite genre to read? Okay. You asked me to narrow it down to one and that's impossible. That's that's fine. That's totally fine. Top one is realistic young adult fiction, Mm. followed by just realistic fiction in general. I like fantasy. But like within reason, I adult fantasy is very intimidating to me. So I guess young adult <laughs> fantasy, obviously romance, and then classic American literature. Nice. We love mm-hmm. that. We love it. That's a that's a range. Yeah. She's got range. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's some range there. There's some range there. We love it. We love it. All right. Well, just quick casts. How, how are you doing? I am I'm doing. I'm I'm doing. getting through. I everything has been so chaotic and I'm finally at a point where like life has leveled out. The wedding is over. It was the He's married. The- married. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Oh, thank you. It was truly when everyone says like, Oh my gosh, my wedding was the best day ever. It was so perfect. Like it was, that's what it was. And I was so happy. Although there was, there was some chaos. Let me tell you. So the day before, so we had to set up the tables and chairs and everything Friday. The wedding was on Saturday. We get there, we're setting it up and we realize that it's not going to fit the way we thought it was. Oh, no. So we had to rearrange the entire floor plan. Oh my gosh. Um, because when I read the description of 10 person tables, they're like rectangle tables. My brain thought, oh, five people on each side. No, that's including the ends. 
So if you had them in one long table, like I wanted to do, it wasn't going to work. So we rearranged it and it looked great. But then Friday night and I'm already like stressed. We had to redo the entire seating chart oh my the night before the wedding. Wow. Uh, which uh, I had to redo it. Tim was, I don't know what Tim <laughs> was doing, honestly, but uh, my sister-in-law and my cousin helped. So we got it all figured out, but It was just like chaotic, but the actual day of was amazing. It was so much fun. My DJ, he was the freaking best. He created a medley of Taylor Swift songs. Oh my gosh. So good. It was so good. I know. It was, it was just like the best. So the wedding is over, which is like sad, but also great because I can relax (laughs) just mm. focus on my new job that yes. I'm like really really Yay. enjoying so yeah life life is happening and it's seeming to slow down a little bit which is good <laughs> but is good. yeah what about you mad what's up with you I'm pretty good I feel the same just getting back into the groove at school I'm having yeah. some like maintenance stuff at my apartment finally getting done which is great but it's still mm-hmm. super annoying it's just, I'm so used to living in, like I lived in a house where it was a one person was my landlord. And then I lived in an apartment unit where again, I had one person as my landlord mm-hmm. and now I'm working with a property management company and everything just takes mm. forever. And it's so frustrating, but yeah, I'm good. I'm just like, I'm home for like a long yeah. period of time. Which is <laughs> so nice. It's so nice, but yeah. Well, what is everyone reading right now? Mac, what are you reading? Well, um, for grad school, I actually just got home from class and we just wrapped up W.E.B. Du Bois' The Souls of Black Folk, um, which I had only read his poetry up until this point. Mm -hmm. And so this was basically a collection of essays that he published in 1903, basically challenging the country to do better. (laughs) And it is exceptionally written. Like I, I cannot... I cannot recommend it enough. Everyone should read it at some point in their life. And then for fun, I am reading Ghost by Jason Reynolds. He's a young adult author whom I really, really love. Um, And it's about a kiddo who is struggling in high school, but then makes the track team. And the track coach is really like encouraging him to make good choices so that he can be successful through track. It's really cool. Hmm. I love that. Do you find yourself... I mean, you you said one of your favorite genres is like this young adult realistic fiction, and mm-hmm. you obviously work with many a young adult. <laughs> do, you, do you find like in things you read, do you come across like, oh, like this would be a good thing to say to my students or like a good thing to like do for them or like, do you oh, find yourself sure. taking away stuff often? Yeah, I do. And then the other reason I read so much YA is I really am trying to encourage a community of readers in my classroom, mm-hmm. which is hard because a lot of a lot of them walk into my room and are like, I haven't read a book since I was six. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. that's going to change. <laughs> and so it helps when I have like an arsenal, for lack of a better term, of they're <laughs> like, well, I liked this. And I'm like, great, then you're going to like this, this and this. And it's just good to be able to actually recommend those things having read them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. 
Well, I'm currently reading everything except the book I should be reading, (laughs) (laughs) which I should be reading Twin Crowns because I'm in this like, it's so exciting. It's like a sisterhood of the traveling books thing. We're just like all sending books. I'm like annotating all of them. That's so cute. It's so cute. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm supposed to send my book on the 30th and I literally have not taken it off my shelf. So gotta do that but um instead i'm reading the accidental pinup by daniel jack daniel oh, jackson yes this is what we were talking this, about yes at morgan stern when i was with you yes. last week i was with madison and in, in the indiana the jealous <laughs> so great uh yeah so i started that and it's really fun so far she's a photographer who like might have to model she does like pinup like vintage pinup style like boudoir shoots and things like that i see where this is going (laughs) very fun it's very fun and then i'm also reading it's called hairless and it's about the history of women and like shaving and body hair and it's written by catalonian women and so it's been translated but yeah, I would just, it has a really fun, like vibrant cover with just like a hairy leg on it. And it was just, like, <laughs> it's like super short too. So I just started that as cool. well. Yeah. That's what I mean. Nice. It's a very pink lineup. I'm, I'm realizing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Um, oh man. I, <laughs> so oh, man. I've been struggling with reading, um, just because like partially I've been busy and then I like read Notorious Sorcerer as I talked about on a semi-recent episode and I loved it so much. And then I was like, well, I got to reread Akatar to ride that high. And then I was trying to read the first binding, which is like, I gave up on it. I got, <laughs> I think over a hundred pages in and I was like, I, this is so pretentious. I, I'm sure like there are people that will enjoy it, but it's not for me. And I just, I gave up. I gave up. I couldn't do it anymore. I tried That's so hard. Um, but we love a self-care DNF. We do. Yeah, I was like, this is this is too much for me. I like my little nice quaint escapism. But the things that I am reading right now, I keep picking up new books because I can't focus on any of the books that I've picked up. I have um, for our Sisterhood of the Traveling Books, I'm reading Pride and Prejudice and annotating it, which is so much fun. It's a little slow going, though, because I want to just underline everything and make a note about everything. So it's taking me forever. (laughs) I'm also reading an arc of a cool like sci-fi Cleopatra and Caesar retelling thing it's very confusing so far as I think a lot of (laughs) sci-fi is at the start Mm -hmm. um it's called the stars undying by Emery Robin it comes out in November I think so I I got time to finish this arc and review it but there you go yeah and then I'm also reading another book another two books how to fake it in hollywood by ava wilder which is so cute so much fun it's like a fake dating to save their acting careers book so it's it's very cute and fun um so far i'm only like just under halfway through that one and the the one that i'm extra loving right now is i'm listening to educated by tara westover Mm, such a good and it's just it's it's so good. I it's like so hard to listen to, and I put it's it heavy. off for literal it's years. But it's so good. It's so good, and I think everyone should listen to it mm-hmm. really because or read it. It's just so good. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You sound like, it's me. like my dad always says that I read books like normal people watch TV. Yeah. He like flip channels. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> here for a couple pages. It's got a vibe. <laughs> yeah. I gotta have an audiobook in rotation so that like oh. when you're driving. Carly is the audiobook like, queen. Yeah, like 75 percent yeah. of the books I consume are audiobooks. Nice, nice. She's nice. all about yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all the things that I'm reading. And oh my hold, I'm so excited about this one. My Libby hold for I'm glad my mom died <gasps> by Jeanette McCurdy just became available. And it's I cannot so wait. Good. Oh my goodness. Uh, it took especially weeks. for our generation <laughs> who like grew up watching her on TV. It's yeah. kind of nauseating, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> I sure. Imagine. I'm like I'm so excited to listen to this one. I just, I, oh, I can't wait. My hold just came up like yesterday. I'm so Is that audiobook too? Yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I know. Well, it was funny because I just listened to our friend Grace Bird by Bookish Bird. Mm-hmm. She just listened to it and she was like, everyone should listen to this. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Gonna yeah. Go, it's going to be a hot minute. Hot, hot minute. Mm-hmm. I know I got like a little notification that it was your library has purchased extra copies and I'm like good because I've been waiting good. for weeks yeah along with everyone on the planet everyone on the planet <laughs> another book we all read maybe somewhat recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is <laughs> The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald and McCarley, would you like to do the honors and give us a little plot synopsis? Oh man, I don't. How do you do it briefly? Okay, so there's this guy named Nick, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he moves to the big city to start a life there. And long story short, he is he winds up in a house on Long Island. Um, he's in a really cheap house because he can't afford much, but he's in between all of these just like monstrosities, these mansions. And so he goes over one to dinner one night um, to Daisy, his cousin's house, and she's married to Tom and her best friend is Jordan Baker. Um, and they notice that across the sound, across the waterway, there's this giant mansion who belongs to this guy named Jay Gatsby. And Gatsby throws just all these like roaring 20s, lavish luxe parties that just anyone and everyone comes to. And Tom sucks. Sucks (laughs) And Tom is not loyal and he has a mistress. And Nick finds that out as they go into town one day. He actually has an apartment. He takes Myrtle is her name too. And Daisy knows it. So it's kind of them maneuvering that. But then you find out that Daisy and Gatsby have a past. And then you find out that Gatsby is throwing the parties just to repeat the past and to get Daisy Mm -hmm. to walk in one night. Mm. Um, And then it all comes to a head when Tom finds out and he finds out that, you know, it's okay for him to be cheating, but Daisy can't be cheating. So they all go into town one night confront one another about it on the way home Myrtle gets hit by a car that someone was driving I guess we'll talk about at some point and are we going to spoil the ending right now is that okay yeah do it yeah do it spoilers (laughs) um so long story short um Daisy was driving she hits Myrtle and Jay Gatsby tries to you know take the blame for it um and then Tom goes 
and tells Myrtle's husband, George Wilson, that it was Gatsby who did it. And so George Wilson goes, shoots Gatsby in the back, and no one except for Nick comes to the funeral. And they all die unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. And yet this is one of my favorite books. I know, McCarley. (laughs) I finished this book and I was like, who hurt you? I know. I was so excited for you to read it. And then as you started texting me, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about our order of reading and viewing and our experience. So this was my first time ever writing this book because in high school, the year you read this book. My teacher did this thing with tables and every table read a different book and my table just didn't get the great Gatsby. So I didn't read Mm. the great Gatsby. And somehow I avoided any and all spoilers. I mean, when I tell you, I had no idea how I have no idea. I had no idea what happened in this book. I thought Nick and Daisy were in love. (laughs) I knew, I knew Daisy and Gatsby were a thing, but I mean, I'm, I had zero idea. I had no idea how it ended. So I knew nothing. So that was, I mean, that was fun to like get to experience like that for the first time and just be like, what? And mm-hmm. all that. Um, and then it was my first time watching the movie as well. So yeah, it was a it was a good time. It was a sucky time, but it was it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Good is a relative word. Good is a relative. Term. I I ended, and I don't know if you guys saw my Goodreads uh review. Not yet. Yeah, but I, I think I, I did. I, I gave it my my stars and then I said moral of the story is rich people suck. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that was yeah. my takeaway. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So first time and it was great. I did enjoy it. I also did not read this book in high school. I think it was the year I took AP English and the regular English class read it. And the AP English class was reading other stuff. So I think that's, I think that's why I never read it in high school. But I do very distinctly remember my experience reading it because it was the end of my freshman year of college. It was the year the movie came out, 2013. And I was very much like, oh, I need to read this book before I see the movie. Like, I can't go see this movie without reading this book because it's wildly famous. (laughs) Like, go read it. So I bought it and I read it (laughs) on the seven hour drive home from college in the backseat of my grandparents' car. They were driving me back from college. And so I read the entire thing in that car ride. And then I watched the movie sometime that same year, I think. I don't really, I remember watching it, but I don't remember if I like went to the theater or if it, when it came out, I watched it, but so I watched it for the first time and then I did not read or watch it again until getting ready for this podcast. So yeah, that was, that was my experience. So believe it or not, I also didn't read it in high school. (laughs) I don't know how. Same (laughs) as you, Cass. I saw that the movie was coming out. I thought the movie looked really cool. And so I read the book and really liked it. And then I loved the movie, which we're going to talk about. And then (laughs) in undergrad at Lipscomb, it was my focus for really my first two years in the English department. I mean, I researched the heck out of F. Scott Fitzgerald and The Great Gatsby. And then I went on this literary tour of the South and actually got to go to their home. Um, And they had a bunch of like 
relics where you can go see like letters from him to Zelda, which like Daisy's really Zelda, but we can talk about that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was it. And then obviously once I started teaching, um, I only teach seniors now, but when I taught juniors, I got mm-hmm. to teach it and the kids love it. Um, we would throw a big Gatsby party at the end of the year. Which oh, was so, fun. Fun. so fun. Oh, you're yeah. such a cool teacher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on Goodreads, it has an average of 3.93 stars. Unacceptable. I think I have a theory. I think it's people are like, oh, it's a short book. I'm going to read it. And like a lot of people read it and kind of miss the point a Mm -hmm. little bit and then give it a low rating. I don't want to say like anyone's dumb or anything. That's not what I'm saying. But I think a lot of people read it because it's a really famous book and it's short. So they're like, oh, I'll read it. And then they're like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably part of it. I'm not saying everyone has to like the great Gatsby, but I think that's probably part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know about y'all, but with Goodreads, when I see something that's less than four stars, I hesitate to pick it up. Oh yeah. And so I was shocked to see that this was below four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's close, but it is below. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I gave it a four. I thought it was. I also did. (laughs) Very wonderfully written. I was just so mad. Who wants to guess what I give it? (laughs) so mad mm-hmm. all the stars baby <laughs> <laughs> and be to be fair not because of plot like the plot's fine yeah but like there are sentences in this book that make me weepy because they're so beautiful yeah yeah it was I mean and there were a few times I was reading it by the pool one time and I I was like Madison you have to slow down and you have to mm-hmm. really pay attention so there are many times I was like, <laughs> all right you got to go back you got to start over <laughs> and I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying Cass like you really have to pay attention and like be yeah. to really it's so easy to miss things in this book like there are so mm-hmm. many small details that I think are really easy to miss which mm-hmm. I think people you miss things and then you're like wait why is this even it happening moves so quickly it does yeah it's yeah, yeah. very fast-paced yeah yeah as far as the movie goes, came out in 2013, directed by my personal favorite director, Boz Lerman. I am obsessed with his movies. <laughs> um, so uh, apparently other people are not. Are not. They're not about it. So Man. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score, which this one kind of surprised me. 48%. That's I don't so know. Um, so low. It's rotten. I was so surprised. But the the audience score is higher. The audience score is 67%, which I still think is low. I don't know. I, I guess I can see why a bunch of stuffy movie critics would dislike it because it's this is a Boz Lerman movie. Oh, <laughs> like, he's over 100%. the top. Yeah. But yeah, so it didn't do so well <laughs> in that sense. IMDb has a 7.2 out of 10. So like 72%, a little bit better. Not great. I gave it an eight out of 10. One of my followers, I put up like a little question box, like, what are your thoughts on this? And she kind of nailed it for me is that it's, uh, this was from a bookish marriage, uh, Hillary on bookstagram. She said that it's so beautiful and over the top, but it, it's like all flash, but no depth. And I I agree to an extent that it does. It lacks some of the depth of the book, right? Because because it is Boz and it is over the top and it's opulent. But um, so I gave it an eight out of ten. I do like it though. I I like the movie a lot. So mm-hmm. I gave it an eight and a half. For me, it was just it took me a while to adjust to 
the not even the opulence but like the filming style I guess Mm -hmm. it's the cinematography it was just like and I might talk about it later or I'll do it now it was like so jerky and there were such quick cuts and I was like Mm -hmm. I just like almost couldn't enjoy because I like when they're in the car oh gosh (laughs) yeah and it was just like at the parties was like bam bam and I was like so that really kind of took me out of that so it was more like that part of it that Mm -hmm. that I I didn't enjoy but I thought it was great still yeah and I can see that because it's almost like Boz was trying to visually show the pacing of the book in some Mm -hmm. ways because it is like whiplash it's like things are happening like the camera is constantly moving yeah um so it it is a lot visually which that's a Boslerman thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I also think a lot of people were very critical of the music choice which I think we're going to get to soundtrack so we'll get there yeah well Mm -hmm. I gave it a nine out of ten I think now that I'm so familiar with the story and I've seen the movie a million times too, that I, it is one of those escape kind of movies for me. Like Mm -hmm. I put it on and once you know what to expect with like the pacing and the cinematography, you can really like lose yourself in the movie, which is fine. Like it's two and a half hours long and I, you don't realize it. He's long. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you do, but I don't. (laughs) I didn't. I don't. I think it goes by pretty quick. Yeah. I thought about it when I was like first getting ready. Cause I was like, all right, you have to have, I had like a certain amount of time and I was like, I have to start it now or I won't watch it. But then yeah, it passed. And I was like, well, well, did you have any other thoughts from followers to share Cass? Oh yeah. I do have all the responses from my little question box. Yes. I had it prepared and now I don't. Okay. So let's see. So Care's book journey said, love it with the champagne glass clinking emoji <laughs> on yes. point. Again, a bookish marriage said, casting is great except Toby, but Ugh. it's ultimately all flash and no depth. And we had a little bit of a longer conversation that was really interesting. Also, Hillary has taught this in class. So she's like, she's gone into it. <laughs> Angie about Angie's book said, never seen it. <laughs> Thanks for the input, Ange. Ange. She just wants to be included. We love you, Ange. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Renee at Night Owl Loft said, I actually really loved it in spite of itself. For accuracy, nah, but for artistic interpretation, yes. Which I I can see that. S. Bartlett writes, I liked it, but I also love everything Boz does. Agree completely. (laughs) Uh, Eichel Booker. Honestly, it's crazy, but I love it, which is kind of how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) Maddie Sunbeam. Honestly, I kind of loved it. The party scenes were actually magical and they really (laughs) are like, it feels otherworldly when you're watching some of those parties. And then Rox Reads Things says, I enjoyed it because of the actors, which I think Hmm. a lot of it is Mm -hmm. up to that in some ways, which I'm going to talk about when we get to casting some of my thoughts on that. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's what the people had to say. Nice. Nice job, people. Thanks for <laughs> contributing. I just mm-hmm. like hearing what everyone has to say. I think it's very fun. I know. It's cool to see all the different opinions. Although apparently a lot of the opinions on this one are pretty similar. So. Pretty similar. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into it. So the, the things we'll talk about, again, are casting and acting, how similar to the book it is, if there were negative or positive things we enjoyed. Um, we have a few questions again this time t- to ask. Uh, we'll talk about the setting, the soundtrack, the style, the vibes, and then we've got a, a nice little quote section if we have time at the end. 
Yeah. But uh, let's get into the casting and acting. Cass, I'll, I'll let you start this one off. All right. So up first, uh, Nick Carraway is played by Toby Maguire, <laughs> which I feel like I'm going to give a, a little blanket statement first. I think anyone playing Nick Carraway is going to have a hard time because they're the narrator of the film, but they are not the main character mm-hmm. and of the story. It's a lot of voiceover work, which like not every actor is good at. And it's just, it's a really interesting role in that sense. It's weird. And it's kind of, I think it would be hard for most actors to pull it off in a way that feels authentic to the story. I don't love Toby's performance in this. Not so much because of his acting per se, but it's it's the Toby face. He's constantly yeah. doing the, the, the wide eyes. I'm like, what are you doing? What is your face so. doing right now? <laughs> but Hillary also had mentioned that his best scenes are the one-on-one scenes that he has with Gatsby. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. true because yeah. Toby and Leo are friends in real life. So they have it. that chemistry already. So it comes off much better when he's just acting with him but as a whole I'm like eh, not not I didn't love it <laughs> yeah which I you know Nick Carraway is such a fascinating character um I think he's an Enneagram nine but we can talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> um but he's a very like passive character and like mm-hmm. is almost on the verge of just being a plot device to like move the story mm-hmm. along and so I wonder if anyone who played that role would have found themselves like you said, it's not the flashy role. Like everyone mm-hmm. else around them has this big, whether it's a flaw or a personality trait, and he's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. But that's Nick's personality in the book too. Right. Like he's not even, it seems like the main character in his own life. Like he's very much yes. a side character in all yes. aspects of being a side character, which is fascinating. You to deserve then have to him. be the main character yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> I agree. And it was so funny because that, you know, you mentioned the voiceover thing. His voice just kind of bugs me. And so I was just like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the Toby, the Toby face comment is just everything to me. I was like, yes, it's the Toby face. I don't know how else to describe it. That's the only way to say it. I didn't have words for it until you said it that way. (laughs) It was great. It was great. And then we have Jay Gatsby played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, I'm not (laughs) perfection. Perfection. Yeah. I'm not a huge Leo fan. I think he is perfectly cast in this role and he nails the performance. Oh my gosh. The confrontation between him and Tom is exceptional. That's so good. And the first time when they're at lunch and Tom shows up and the way like you just he just gets like and his face and I was like, I was like, Leo, you're so good. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. For me, the moment that I love that I put as one of the best moments of the movie is when Tom realizes that they're having the affair when he's lighting Daisy's cigarette, Mm -hmm. just their chemistry, everything in that moment. I'm like, it's so good. It is so freaking good. That Like they nailed that part because in the book, it it literally says like in that moment without words, he told her, I love you. And Mm -hmm. like he does. Mm. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Mm. It's so good. Well done, Uh, he did such a mm-hmm. fantastic job. I also loved when at the tea party when he was just like soaking wet, like he just looked so much younger. And, and the, the way flowers he, and the flowers everywhere. He just like and the mm-hmm. way he acted, I was just like it was a totally different like person from in the movie before, and I was blown away. I thought he did yeah. a good job, so good. Then we have Daisy 
played by Carrie Mulligan. And I think honestly, one of Carrie Mulligan's top performances all time. Really? She is excellent. Like I said, like the lighting, the cigarette scene, she plays mm-hmm. it so well also. And she's just so good. And she absolutely to me, because this is the first time I read it so close to watching the movie is she nails the affectation that Daisy has. Like in the book, Daisy is kind of manic at some points and then just so morose other times. And she absolutely nails every different side of Daisy that Mm -hmm. we see. And it's such a good performance. It's so good. Yep. I, I got nothing else. She's fabulous. It's just the hair. Yeah, which we're <laughs> going to talk about. That's on the list. That's different. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jordan Baker is played by Elizabeth Debicki. I, I said she's fine. I mean, the character is like, she's not really in the book much. She's not really in the movie much. She's mm-hmm. just kind of there. She's present once and I feel while. like I feel like in the movie, she's like not even in it as much because we get the sense that maybe she and Nick are romantically together but it's not like as much as it is in the book so I feel I like- did appreciate her like physicality yes. as an actress mm-hmm. like in her introduction scene where she like stands up and stretches that's mm-hmm. so accurate to how they describe her in yeah. the book and, like, and on the part. couch when her she was like you know holding her the thing uh-huh. on her, yeah I was like yes good job <laughs> Tom Buchanan Ooh. our local <sighs> terrible husband also racist guy oh my gosh um joel (laughs) he's played by joel edgerton and honestly a plus performance by joel edgerton he does phenomenally i hated him so much i hated him so much he did such a good job (laughs) yeah he really did yeah i feel like they really played up the racist part of him a lot more in in the movie which i you know thought was interesting i mean he was literally talking about like eugenics and i was like yeah what is this like what is happening Mm -hmm. oh and Mm -hmm. in the movie when he like flicks the butler's tie and i was like Mm -hmm. but it's like it's so on brand for the character like it feels so authentic to what tom buchanan would do they all they all freaking nailed it Um, except this next one (laughs) so then the the other person that we really have to mention i guess is myrtle who's played by isla fisher I like her, but she doesn't, she's not Myrtle. Like in the Mm -hmm. book, Myrtle specifically is like, she's, she's thick. She is like, she's a big woman. And I'm like, come on. I wanted to see that. It's just the wrong vibe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although I will say that slow-mo slap was. was (laughs) Yeah. That's great. But yeah, Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't get that casting at all. Yeah. I was like, I was like that she's nothing that Daisy isn't. And I feel like, Ooh. you know, like she's like, to me, it was just like so similar. There was nothing about her except for, I guess she was crazier than Daisy and like all the drinking and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I felt like in the book, she was a very different character from Daisy. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Overall, pretty, pretty great job. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent acting. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. All right, well, then let's get into how similar we thought first overall the movie was to the book. So hot takes, because I know like from our feedback from our listeners, like how I'm <laughs> acting like I'm a host on here. Um, <laughs> you are for today. <laughs> um, a lot of people were saying that they felt like there were a lot of differences. I actually disagree. I gave it a 90% on similarity. I mean, 
it's a short book and the book focuses so much just on the action that they had to like play up some like you know take some creative liberties here and there I think it's incredibly accurate Mm -hmm. I mean even to like the beginning and ending lines of the movie are the beginning and ending lines of the book like yeah Mm -hmm. the beautiful little fool line like the important lines from the book or in the movie which is something that I think is just phenomenally yeah well done yeah the only big thing I felt like that wasn't there was the the dad doesn't show up later right um we never uh get another another conversation with Meyer Wolfshine right right Mm -hmm. and then again like the not getting as much about Nick and Jordan but yeah overall I thought it was super close or owl eyes being at the funeral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's pretty accurate. I mean, they, I think that there are some smart decisions that are made with some of the stuff that they got rid of. And then also some of the stuff they add in, it makes sense. Not all of it is perfect, which I, I mm-hmm. we're going to talk about one thing in particular, but I think it's fairly accurate. And this is one of those movies where it's, there are lines so many lines just directly from the book mm-hmm. like it's there are so many sections that are just word for word and yeah I think I think it's a pretty pretty decent in terms of accuracy all right well let's talk about the things we didn't like that happened the hair <laughs> <laughs> in the book Jordan's hair is blonde and Daisy's hair is brown oh yeah I like never really thought about it much (laughs) it's like a yeah it's like a a tiny little detail like it's kind of skimmed over but what's interesting Mm -hmm. is this movie is so prevalent and the older version of Gatsby the older movie did the same thing so I don't know if there's just something I mean we could unpack that for days I think there's something about Daisy's character that they want to make her blonde I don't know um but yeah in the book Daisy's a brunette and Jordan Baker's blonde that's so interesting I wonder if it's like some sort of underlying almost sexist in a way because obviously mm-hmm. we all know the connotations of like a, a blonde and being a dumb blonde but right. to make Daisy seem more of the submissive wife type character which at right. some points she is at other points she's not and having Jordan be the brunette is also interesting because it's like she's the character who's like the strong-willed more independent woman mm-hmm. who isn't necessarily dependent on relationships as as Daisy kind of is in both the book right. and the movie she is dependent on the relationships in her life so yeah. that's interesting I never really thought of that connotation yeah. until you brought it I up know. and I'm like Hmm. There is a lot that we could say about that. Yeah. And then I think the other obvious change is the fact that it starts with the movie begins with Nick in like a mental institution. What? Take it away, Madison. (laughs) I was so confused. She texted me and said, a sanatorium? What? I did. I was like, what is happening? This is not. And I didn't get it at first. I mean, I I understood later that it was like a a plot device to show like why he would be writing, narrating, narrating as Mm -hmm. a book. But I was like, why did it have to be that? Why could, why morbid alcoholism? I was like, he was only drinking because everyone else was. That kind of goes back to the whole, like not a main character. I don't know. I was like, it, really, it, it literally says in the book, he only got drunk twice in his entire life. Yeah, that's, and that was another thing. I was like the drugs at the party. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, yeah, I think it's both a negative and a positive change because they had to do something for the framing device to show that Nick is the one telling this story. And it's interesting to me because in some ways, I don't know if you guys have seen Moulin Rouge starring Ewan McGregor, another Mm -hmm. wonderful Baz Luhrmann film, but it's kind of similar framing device. You have someone narrating the story because they're writing it. I get why it's done. I don't know why it had to be a sanitarium. I don't know why that was the choice. I was like, you could have done Nick writing this story in so many different ways. Right. It could, it have, could just have been been just like in memory of Gatsby. Sitting like, in a house with a typewriter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I, th- that was definitely weird. Cause it wasn't um, like the doctor added anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of random, but like, I get it from a framing device. Like they need to set it up in a somewhat interesting way to have Nick tell the story, but eh. Yeah, maybe they should have workshopped that more. I also, this is not necessarily a negative change per se. I didn't know where to put it, but I want to talk about it. When I read the book, there are so many times where I read Nick as a gay character. And when he first describes Tom Buchanan and then his whole relationship with Gatsby, I'm like, Nick is in love with Gatsby in the Absolutely book. Absolutely he is. I'm, I'm like, I'm sure that there are like theses written about this, but uh-huh. he is he is 100% not a straight character. And that is totally not 100% lost in the movie, but it does so not come across. you're tapping into like some like deep academic lore here. <laughs> <laughs> because the other hot take is that Jordan Baker is also not a heterosexual. Oh, I totally, yeah. I totally. And so the yeah. two of them are together out of convenience. <gasps> yes, which that's why their relationship never goes anywhere. Never because it's like, uh, it's not supposed to I never to put work. that together. Yeah. yeah. So well, I wish yeah. that we had seen more of those undertones in the movie, honestly, because well, I thought there that was, was only one of that, the most... There was only that one moment where Tom and Myrtle are banging in the other room and Nick mm-hmm. is just sitting on the couch. First of all, I was like, what is happening? Yep. And then Tom says, I know you like to watch. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> to be yeah. clear, and they're like the movie, not the book. Yeah, this is <laughs> yes. the movie. This is the movie. Sorry, sorry. It's yeah. in the movie. And I was like, right. I'm sorry. And like in the book, Tom does make a lot of comments because they went to Yale together. Mm-hmm. He does make like a lot of veiled comments in Nick's direction, which I think partially for the time period is like, you're an unmarried man. What are you doing? But also mm-hmm. I think there is a deep underlying non-platonic love that Nick has for Gatsby. Well, and I and wanted to need, see it. If you need a little more confirmation that Nick is gay... Go read the last page of the second chapter again. And I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. I'll have to, I, I have my copy out there. I'll have to go find it later. I will. Whatever, whatever I'm teaching it, we always pause and I just have them read it. Yeah. And they're all like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm going to go get it because now I want to see what it says. <laughs> There's the, the end of chapter two. Yes. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay. So I don't have it in front of me, but basically you're looking for the part where like it cuts from the party. And then it says he's waking up with the photographer in his underwear. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay. It's just not the last sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was standing beside his bed and he was sitting up between the sheets clad in his underwear with a great portfolio in his hands. Why? I know. I thought that as well. Why is he with the photographer? I know. (laughs) Why is he indeed? And if you're going to go, we don't have to go here, but if you're going to have the conversation about F. Scott Fitzgerald writing himself into Gatsby's character and Daisy being Zelda, his wife's character, F. Scott Fitzgerald was a well-known cross-dresser. Interesting. I didn't know that. Hmm. The more you know. The more you know. Yeah. The less you know. The less you know. (laughs) The less you know. Yeah. So I think I think we we deserve to see more of that in this film because I think it's an interesting perspective to look at with this story. Mm-hmm. It definitely adds a whole a whole a new layer. Definitely. See. The only other thing I didn't like, and I think this was coming from me reading the book for the first time so recently, is I felt like we were immediately given, like when he's standing out, like arm outstretched towards the water like we immediately Mm -hmm. see he's like reaching toward the green light and I don't know if we already knew the green light was at the end of Daisy's dock or we like are given it right afterward but I feel like we didn't have this as big of an aha moment as the one I had reading the book where I was like oh my gosh that's what he was doing out on his house across from right whereas like in the book Nick just sees him like arms outstretched in his yard like we don't know what yeah but like from the beginning, now I did like how it was like tied up so neatly starting and ending with the green light, but like you immediately know that green light is important and like where it is and what he's looking at. And so I just felt which like which again, sorry, yeah, no, go that ahead. goes to like the, the movie lacking some of the depth of yeah. the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What about things we you know, or positive changes or things we liked from the movie. Well, can we just address the greatest scene of the entire thing where we <laughs> meet Jay Gatsby uh, yes. and Rhapsody in Blue is playing and the fireworks are going off. That is the most spectacular the, scene. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> the, like, oh. the, the gif, the classic gif. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. good. yeah that amazing yeah absolutely I I honestly I love the modern music and this is something that Boz does in like all his movies all the ones that I've seen I haven't seen every single one but I think it's just such a cool like blending of genres to do and it really modernizes the work in a way that makes it accessible to younger audiences Mm -hmm. and gets them more invested in it but it doesn't take you you completely out of that like time period and that setting you go to Mm -hmm. the first party scene and Fergie's playing background all right (laughs) and then the classic the song of that summer summertime sadness oh Oh, I know so oh, the song good. was everywhere. <laughs> and um, young and beautiful. Mm-hmm. 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 My my oh. other the other part I loved and notice is when they're doing the extreme yard makeover on Nick's house, and <laughs> I was like, hold on a second, that's crazy in love plan, and it was just uh-huh. like this yep. like jazzy version of crazy in love, and I was like, yep. this is amazing. It was so good. I um, love the modern music. I think it's such a great choice to like update the work. Yeah. I'm my only other thing I have. I don't know if this is like positive or not. It was impactful, I guess, is what I'm going to say. Is that at the end, mm-hmm. when Wilson, like right before he shoots Gatsby and the phone rings, 
Oh yeah. And he really Baz Baz Boz. Boz. I say Boz. I don't Boz. know. <laughs> Boz had me going. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Daisy. Daisy's calling him. No way. And then it was Nick. And I was like, oh because Boz. he loves him. Because, oh. because Nick's in love with him. <laughs> oh. But I was like, Bozzy, you got me. Because I was like, you're really going to change it? You're really going to make her call? And then she doesn't call, which I'm glad. But I was, he had me going. He really had me going. I was like mad about it. I think I texted McCarley that. I was like, mm-hmm. he's dead and Daisy called. And then I was like, never mind. He didn't call. I didn't know that what you were talking so about good. for a second. Because I was like, no, she doesn't. I know. I-, <laughs> I know. She didn't. She really didn't. So, yeah, I really. It's that. such a well, like constructed scene where you yes. have all three of them mm-hmm. like kind of together in a way and then you think it's her but it's not it's so good I love that part well mm-hmm. I, like I don't love it because it's right. sad it's awful yeah I love it from a cinema point of view <laughs> um well that leads us to the first question that one of you has I don't know if it wasn't me. I don't know whose question this was. Um, is it the question in all caps? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> do we like anyone in this book? Like by the end, do you like anybody? Uh, I I kind of uh, like Nick, but not say, fully because like he yeah. doesn't do anything. <laughs> right. But I don't I think you're bad supposed for to. <laughs> right. It's more yeah. like I don't actively dislike him. Right. Like it yeah. is such an interesting resolution where you're not content with anyone's actions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I, d- I did. I was very mad at everyone. Which much. is like the whole point of, you know, the disillusionment with the Jazz Age as a whole. But he wrote this in 25. So like it published in 25. So yeah, it's not yeah. like he knew that it was all about to hit the fan and dissolve into a depression. But he sure right. wrote it like he knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Mm-hmm. That um, was my only question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're supposed to like anyone mm-hmm. in this because it's like the futility of the American dream, like the, mm-hmm. the family, the house, like whatever. Mm-hmm. That's right. like the Tom and Daisy aspect of it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. No matter how much you do, you're still not good enough for the right. Gatsby element. This was my question. Is it just that it's in a visual format that everything felt way more crazy and extreme than it did in the book? Or was it like leveled up a notch in the movie? Both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's both. Because yes, even like easy question. Good job, guys. Well, <laughs> even you think about when Gatsby and Daisy meet again. They talk about the the copious amounts of flowers that they bring, but there's no way that that many is what Fitzgerald had in his mind. Like, it's like they take everything and just, like, elevate it just Mm -hmm. another notch or two. Mm -hmm. My other question is, does Nick publish the book in the movie, right? He's in a sanatorium. Mm -hmm. He's writing this book. Does he publish the book and out Daisy and be like, hey. You suck. You suck. Can't (laughs) run forever. Like, what happens? What happens with that book? That's what I want to know. Whatever you want to happen in your he, mind. He totally outs her. She goes to jail. Whatever makes you feel good. She, Her in jail. That makes me feel good. His doctor puts it in the file and nobody sees it again. <laughs> Probably. Talk about futility. Rambling right? crazy, man. All right. Yeah. What about um the setting? How we pictured it from the book versus how it came across on screen? I have a hard time distinguishing between the two at this point. I think it's an effect of like 
how visually intense the movie is that mm-hmm. now I don't remember a time where I didn't have that in my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Gatsby owned Hogwarts, so. It's literally a castle. <laughs> it's literally a castle. Yeah. It insane. looks like Hogwarts. There was like, it like mm-hmm. panned out and I was like, Hogwarts? Where are the wizards? <laughs> Harry? Yeah. And my first thought uh, when we saw the Buchanan place was, damn, Daisy got a palace. Like, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. They were crazy. They were a lot bigger, actually, than I imagined in my head. Yeah. They were much more like, yeah, like British castle estates, mm-hmm. like in the movie. And in my head, they were much smaller, just like just just mansions, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I personally thought Nick's cottage was supposed to be much worse than they show it in the movie. Right. But yeah, it's I like it's cottage... really nice in the in the movie. And I'm like, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be this dumpy little shack. <laughs> right. Well, and I and like they described it in the movie as like the old groundskeeper's cottage. That wasn't mm-hmm. in the book, right? It was just supposed to be like mm-hmm. a house. I honestly don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. So I think, I think it was just, I like, to me, it was just like this house in between two, like huge mansions on a street. So like, it was just way bigger than I, than I imagined, but I loved it. Yeah. They were beautiful and fantastic. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I was all about it. Okay. Soundtrack style. Amazing. Vibes. Incredible. (laughs) I'll never be the same. (laughs) What's that Lady Gaga? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, and it just started so strong. I thought the intro was amazing. Like you get this yep. like, antique vibe and then it goes to all gold and then the soundtrack intro. And mm-hmm. I was so And hyped. then it doesn't slow down it for does two and not. a half hours. No, no. Correct. <laughs> I was truly so hyped by that. Yeah. And I think what I love most about this movie is the way that it takes the kind of fantastical way things are described in the book and puts them into like a real visual. For example, when Nick goes to Daisy and Tom's house for the first time and all the curtains are like blowing from the breeze in that room. Because when it's described in the book, you're like, what does that even look like? And the movie and they did it. Oh, uh, it's perfect these it was long so ethereal oh uh, it's so and then, good like, and then the uh. scene where she gets the letter before the wedding and like rips the pearls and, yes like, it's just it's they really did like we were talking about before kind of take every description from the book and just like dial it up but in mm-hmm. a way that still for the most part looks real and looks like it's exactly what it was described as. It's so fascinating to me. I thought yeah. the visuals were excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, I, we've already talked about this in the music. I just loved the soundtrack so much. I thought it was so incredible. My literal note in my notes app was, yo, this soundtrack is dope. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. it is. It was just so good. I agree. It was mm-hmm. so good. And then I also just loved the juxtaposition of the opulence of this insane mm-hmm. wealth and the whole movie feels so opulent. And then it's just a few miles down the road from this like wasteland, essentially yeah. overlooked by the eyes of Dr. TJ Ethelberg. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, this is, that's true to form to what America was like. Like you had these and still is like, honestly, in a lot of places, like you have these extreme places of wealth so close to completely run down, destroyed places. 
Mm -hmm. I will admit it took me longer than I cared to admit to realize it was a billboard in the book. Oh, okay. I was like, what? I don't know what he's saying. I read it. It's a metaphor. I read it (laughs) multiple times and I was like, I don't know what, (laughs) is this like a hill, a sculpture in it, like carved into a hill? Like, is this Uh. Mount Rushmore? I was so confused. Mm-hmm. And then Joseph was like, it's a billboard. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. He was like, you know, the covers that have the eyes on them. And I was like, oh, yeah. All right, McCarley, what are, what are some of your, I'm going to give you three. <laughs> oh, don't do me like that. <laughs> I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three. Okay. Fair. Three quotes. <sighs> I wrote down like 12, just so we're you did. in perspective. <laughs> So I will start with, this has always been my favorite quote from The Great Gatsby. It's the one that I was like, who is this man and how do you write like this? It's in chapter two. It's when everyone gets drunk at the party. It's after Tom has broken Myrtle's nose. In the movie, Nick Carraway steps out onto the balcony and he says, I was within and without, simultaneously enchanted and repelled by the inexhaustible variety of life. Oh, so good. And I, I mean, loved like, how they did that in the movie with like yeah him on the, the like, street player and yeah. this oh. yeah it's so good I love this one it's very short reserving judgments is a matter of infinite hope mm-hmm. oh it's a good one it's so good and then finally like the entire last page is just. I, I can't, I could go on for days. Actually, I took a lexicology course in June <laughs> and wrote a 16 page research paper on the word born in the last sentence of the great Gatsby, like just that word. So like wow. I could go on for a while, but I won't. Wow. And so <laughs> at the end, it says for a transitory enchanted moment, man must have held his breath in the presence of the continent compelled into an ascetic contemplation. He neither understood nor desired face-to-face for the last time in history with something commensurate to his capacity for wonder. It's magical. And then I have to steal one more. You can take four. You can take Okay, four. because it, well, it's the same page, but then know, obviously um, the very, very end of the, so we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. So bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm throwing my paper if you could see it. <laughs> <laughs> Which that final line is also such a good callback to when they talk about being stuck in the past earlier in the book. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just Can't it's the so past, good. Of course like, you can. Sure you can. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, you're wrong. Which is like Gatsby's whole thing. He's in yeah. love with who Daisy was, not who she is. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, so good. And I also didn't connect until I saw it visually the idea of he just like stumbled into her party and he's just waiting for her to stumble mm. into his party. Like, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. knew that he was waiting for her or hoping for her to come, but it didn't click for me. And maybe I just read too quickly. I don't know that mm-hmm. like that's how they met the first time. So, yeah, he really was just trying to recreate every moment. Yeah, He was. Mm hmm. Oh, it's so sad. And when the, when, when Daisy's like, I do love you, but I love him too. And he like, can't process. That. Yeah. But like, okay. And that's one thing where I'm like, well, of course, like that's a very natural, like human thing. Mm-hmm. So what were some of y'all's favorite quotes? Oh, man. I didn't write any down. I, I know. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. You wrote all of yours and I was like, yeah, those are real. I was like, yeah, those are the ones I would have written those down. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we we have to address the 
when he first meets Gate meets, meets Gatsby, I can't talk, or he's talking about him at the beginning and he's talking about a smile mm-hmm. and he says it understood you just as far as you wanted to be understood, mm-hmm. believed in you just as you would like to be believed in yourself and assured you that it had precisely the impression that you at your best, you had hoped to convey. Mm. Yeah. And it does. That's the scene of him listing, lifting yeah. the champagne. It is. <laughs> it does it so well. I love the, the quote. I wasn't actually in love, but I felt a sort of tender curiosity, curiosity. which if I'm remembering correctly, that's Nick talking about Jordan, which uh-huh. is further evidence for my, they are gay storyline mm-hmm. that exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, it's proof to me. That's proof. <laughs> I really liked the quote about Tom and Daisy. They were careless mm-hmm. people, Tom and Daisy. They smashed up things and creatures and then retreated back into their money or their vast carelessness or whatever it was that kept them together and let other people clean up the mess they had made. That's it. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. It's just like, okay. so it's so true. Cause you think that there are now three people dead because of this couple. Mm-hmm. And they just and move away and act like nothing leave and say yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, and I loved that the phone was ringing and she was there and, and like, chose not to. Yeah. And was knew it was Nick on the phone and could like mm-hmm. hear Nick on the phone and still would not. Yep. Oh, and there's the most famous one. I hope she'll be a beautiful little fool. Yes. Yes. yes oh, yes, yes. that's actually my favorite quote from this because I yeah. think that However, that line was intended originally. I think that's just such a long lasting thought that sticks with yeah. me from this book is I hope she's a, a fool. And it's like, yeah, it's I I just can't even put into words like all the different thoughts that I have about right. that line. Right. Well, I think it also actually shows that Daisy is not the fool she lets herself right. be perceived mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. But she actually is very cognizant of what's going on, which is so sad. <laughs> yeah, which is why she's partially so miserable. And she's like, mm-hmm. obviously doesn't want that for her daughter to be right. in this marriage that is a disaster. And then you go pining for this other guy and then you have this affair and it doesn't work out for anyone. Like better to just be ignorant of all these things around exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah definitely recommend you read this for yeah, sure 100 it's good it's good and if you've never read it again it's accessible it's nine chapters read it and then watch the movie yeah yeah the audiobook's only like four and a half hours yeah i listened to the audiobook entirely in one shift at the mm-hmm. state park this summer so <laughs> it's definitely doable mm-hmm. yeah and then what what would you guys say people should read or watch if they like Oh, I have some good ones. Tell us. So one book that I just read recently in my life is called Passing by Nella Larson. And it was written almost at the exact same time as The Great Gatsby and published, but it is written by a Black woman. Yes. And so it is the story of um, a Black woman who was very light-skinned, who passes for white in the 1920s in New York City. Whoa. And she runs into one of her best friends who is still in the Black community. And she's, like, married to a white man at this point. And the white man is, like, super racist and hates Black people. And her best friend is like, what are you doing? And it's wild. It's wild. So that's another one, like, actually from that time period. And then if you really, really liked um, the Gatsby novel, I just read Beautiful Little Fools by Jillian Cantor this year. Mm -hmm. 
and it is the story of the great Gatsby from the women's perspective. So you get Myrtle's perspective, Daisy's perspective, Jordan's perspective. And then what's Myrtle's sister? Catherine. Catherine. Yes. Catherine's perspective. And y'all, it is wild. Whoa. (laughs) Um, Interesting. One more called the chosen and the beautiful by Guy Vo. And it is um, written from Jordan Baker's perspective. Hmm. Huh. there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff out there if you're into the Gatsby story interesting yeah maybe don't read it though if Jay Gatsby is your favorite character because they are not kind to him <laughs> well <laughs> if hmm. Jay Gatsby is your favorite character we should talk yeah. <laughs> are we in trouble Uh, (laughs) Uh, I don't have any other recommendations because I saw those and I was like those probably came from McCarley and they're probably better than any recommendation I can give (laughs) and they sound great (laughs) your your recommendations for the other movies by the same director would probably be in the same vein oh that's true uh Moulin Rouge watch Moulin Rouge if you have not seen Moulin Rouge Ewan McGregor Daddy Juan Kenobi Daddy Juan Kenobi didn't he direct um, the new Elvis movie too? He did, which I personally really liked. There's a lot of valid criticisms mm-hmm. of it that I've seen, but I really like it. I think it's a really cool movie. Yeah, it's it's good. Austin Butler is, I will be surprised if he doesn't win the best actor Oscar for this role because mm, that's awesome. That That is Elvis. It is if anything, watch it for Austin Butler's performance because it's phenomenal. It's yeah. so good. All right. Next episode, we will be covering <laughs> another one that we actually brought up today. We'll be covering Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> yeah. So tune in for that on our next episode. In the meantime, you can reach us via our email address. If you have suggestions, if there's adaptations you would like us to cover, fan casts you want to hear, mm-hmm. uh, you can email us at theredcarpetpod at gmail.com. You can follow all three of us on Yield Bookstagram. I'm at Fictional Cast. Matt is at Reading Rainbow. McCarley is at McCarley Jane Reads. And I'll have all those links in the little episode notes description for you. And you can also follow the podcast at The Red Carpet Pod on Instagram. So those are all the places. Um, If you like this episode, of course, like give us the old like rating, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Help boost our numbers, all that kind of fun stuff. And also, we we just love to hear from you. So if you guys are liking it, we really do. Let us know. We want to hear mm-hmm. from you. So and again, like you. if you want to be on the pod, let us know. Yes, yeah. yes. If you want to be <laughs> like McCarley, get your butt into our inbox. Slide into <laughs> those DMs, baby. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. having me, guys. Oh, thanks Thank for being you. here. This was so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. I feel like I learned I got to so just, much. Like, nerd out about my favorite <laughs> book for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank you again to McCarley for coming on. It was a great time. We had a blast. Until next time, everybody, we love you. XOXO, Matt and Cass and McCarley. Bye. Bye, guys.